March 2nd marks the sixth anniversary of the debut of the Anime Roundtable, and although I don't regularly podcast these days, I look upon the experience with a lot of fondness. I thought this would be a good time to talk again. March 2nd is also nine days short of the first anniversary of the Tohoku earthquake and tsunami. Perhaps like many of you, I was riveted to the news as the events unfolded there, and perhaps like some of you, I gave donations and prayers to the people and their recovery. And through the years since, I have followed the stories of those who were lost, the controversial stories surrounding the recovery efforts and what went wrong, and of course the uplifting stories of survival and encouragement from people around the world. My own personal highlight was watching the Japanese women's soccer team win the World Cup last summer. I remember calling a friend who worked at the Japanese-Canadian Cultural Center here in Toronto to congratulate her, if only because she was the only Japanese person I knew who was listed on my iPhone. I guess that's a good starting point for a personal recommendation. Just after the Great Earthquake, I'm sure many of you became familiar with the NHK World website. How could you not? There was a link at the top of the Anime News Network website at the time. It was a great source for up-to-the-minute news on the events, as well as a live stream of the TV station, which a year ago was showing round-the-clock coverage of the aftermath. I personally became familiar with the channel and website a few months before by chance when I found the iPhone app offering a live stream. Hopefully many of you stuck with the stream because you would have found NHK World's regular programming edutaining to watch. And yes, I did say edutaining. Aside from the usual newscasts and current affairs programming, there are plenty of cultural programs, travel logs, language lessons, and documentaries that would certainly whet the appetite of fans who would inevitably gain a curiosity on things Japanese. After all, NHK World is aimed at those outside of Japan, whether they be transplanted Japanese or interested foreigners. If you haven't had the chance to see much of the regular programming on NHK World, allow me to recommend five shows worth watching. Tokyo Fashion Express, as its name would imply, is pretty much your run-of-the-mill fashion television show. Of course, with Tokyo being a major fashion center, it makes sense for such a show to exist. Now, I only mention this show because the first episode I saw a month ago profiled one of the oldest makers of high-end kimonos, and the show's host wore one herself. If you're a fan of Asian horror movies, you may recognize the host, actress Aki Shibuya, from the 2008 Thai horror film The Coffin. And because we need to find a hook here, the most recent episode featured fashions from Akihabara. Jay Mello is NHK World's obligatory music show. The best way I can describe it is that it's an overview or sampling show of Japanese music, predominantly J-pop. It typically doesn't show complete songs or videos unless you have the odd special live performance. One of the more recent episodes featured an interview with Larkon Ciel. A shout-out for all you Kenshin and GTO fans out there. The host of the show is a pop singer named Meijay who might be the second most popular half-Iranian, half-Japanese person in Japan behind you, Darvish. One thing I do admire about this show is that it's very much aware of its international reach and constantly encourages people from outside of Japan to contact them, 
It's even done episodes where members of groups like Morning Musume and AKB48 have surprised fans in Europe. Begin Japanology is one of those documentary shows that introduce various facets of Japanese culture in a fairly history lesson type form. Often the topics are covered with mention of how these aspects are part of present day Japan. One way to look at it is that it's like a BBC documentary show, especially when you consider that its host, Peter Barakan, is a British transplant who made his name as a DJ in Japan a few decades back. Perhaps in a way to regard Mr. Barakan's own story, every so often they'll dedicate episodes interviewing other foreigners who fell in love with and moved to Japan as well. Imagination is a show that would be up the alley of most of our listeners. It's a show that profiles various anime, manga, and video game titles. An interesting show to watch because it really does try to get into the whole process of creating many of the shows you have watched, many of the manga you have read, and many of the games you will play. Recent episodes profiled Moonlight Mile, La Rangue, The Flower of Rene, the differences in marketing the PS Vita between Japan and North America, and even an interview with Makoto Shinkai. The presenters are mainly foreigners themselves, who very much come across as fans too. The final show on this list is Cool Japan. Cool Japan is easily my personal favorite show on NHK World. Think of it as Begin Japanology. But with a lot more pop culture and culture shock elements to it. The premise is basically foreigners discovering various forms of Japanese culture, their reactions, and comparisons with their own countries. One of my personal favorite moments on the show was an episode that talked about Yoshoku, or Western influenced Japanese cuisine, and when they sent a French woman and an Italian man out. To eat dinners at family homes. Their reactions to Japanese takes on their native dishes were simply priceless. Shows notwithstanding, last but not least, I have to mention the hourly newscasts. Much like BBC World News, NHK World Newsline broadcasts at the top of every hour. And of course, during the disaster, Newsline was front and center during NHK World's coverage. One anchor worth mentioning is their lead anchor, Gene Otani. Otani is a half Japanese, half American, who has spent large chunks of his life on both sides of the Pacific. His broadcasting career has actually been a career change for him, and was even stalled when it began in the mid 90s when an odd twist of fate happened. One of his early broadcasting jobs was in January of 1995, under contract at a Kobe radio station. It was in the last days of that contract on January 17th. When the Great Hanshin earthquake rattled that region. Instead of preparing to be laid off, he spent the immediate hours after the quake helping people out, and then spent more than two days straight broadcasting news and relief information in both English and Japanese. He received an award for those efforts. On March 11, 2011, when the earthquake and tsunami hit northeast Japan at 2 46 p.m. local time, Gene Otani was the anchor on duty in the NHK World Newsroom and was one of the first anchors in Japan to start reporting on the disaster. 
If you watched NHK World's late night coverage, which it was here in Toronto, his voice was the one you were hearing narrate the pictures of the devastation as it unfolded. Much like Otani 16 years before, NHK's coverage has since won a number of awards too. But I wonder what it was like for Mr. Otani to broadcast in the aftermath of a major earthquake again. In any event, those are my thoughts and recommendations on NHK World. Of course, there are plenty of other programs to check out, so click the link on our page. Now, you, one, you might wonder why I bring up such a station. Well, it's likely to come up often in the conversations to come. Before I go, a music recommendation. I know many listeners out there became familiar with the song One More Time, One More Chance by Masayoshi Yamazaki. It was used as a theme song to Makoto Shinkai's 5 centimeters per second. Did you know that this song was actually a hit in the mid-90s? It has been used as a commemoration song for the 95 quake, and Yamazaki himself performed the song live during the 2005 Kohaku to commemorate the 10th anniversary of the quake in a live feed from Kobe. So what about 2011, you ask? According to Jay Mello, a song that became popular in the wake of last year's disaster is another mid-90s hit called Haruyu Koi, which basically means waiting for spring. The song over the years has been covered numerous times, and you'll see those versions on iTunes. But my personal favorite version of the song is, of course, the original version, which is written and performed by Yumi Matsutoya. Fans here are more likely to recognize her voice for performing songs on the Kiki's Delivery Service soundtrack. Haru Yokoi, however, is perhaps her signature song, and I thought I'd leave you today playing that. Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll talk to you very soon. <laughs>